another Soul of America radio broadcast. Tonight's episode is Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy helps you work out and foster healthy relationships. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. And now, without any ado, we take you directly to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. So we want to look at um, 
you know, what are some things that you can do to cope and to not allow these things to have such a negative impact on your life? One of the things I want to share with you, there was an article or a document uh, that was written by a Dr. David Meichenbaum, who's um, affiliated with the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada, but he's also head of the, he's the director of research at the Melissa Institute for Violence Prevention and Treatment in Miami, Florida. And he produced this document that's a very detailed um, document that goes into what the impact is of trauma and what you can do to overcome that. Later on, I'll share some other resources um, of what you can do. You can look at uh, this book on www dot melissa institute dot org and get information about this article. But one of the things that Dr. <clears throat> Dr. Meichenbaum talked about was this whole issue of resilience. And resilience is basically our ability to adapt, uh, to bounce back when we face adversity, trauma, tragedy, or threats, or even when we are faced with a lot of stress or distress in our lives. So it's just the ability to bounce back. If you think about like a rubber band, if you pull a rubber band, it stretches, but you let go, it bounces back. But if you continue to stretch that rubber band over a period of time, it gets weakened, but it still bounces back. If you stretch it beyond its limit, then it snaps. And that's the way we are as humans, physically and emotionally, is that we can bounce back so much, but if you get pushed, too far beyond your limits, then you're at risk of snapping. So we want to look at what are some things that allow you to know that the person is resilient. Uh, we want to look at with children, and then we'll take a look at what are some of the signs of resilience um, in adults. And what I warned you is that as we discuss these things, you need to realize that nobody's perfect. Uh, that you might see some people that you think uh, that they have everything together, but you never know what's going on with people. Uh, sometimes people that seem to be very cool, calm, and collected or struggling, and they just don't always show their signs of distress. And I tease folks and say I call these duck people. If you think about the image of a duck that's gliding across the lake, and he looks all smooth and calm, but underneath he's paddling like the Dickens. And that's how some folks are. On the surface, they appear calm and appear to have things under control, but underneath they are struggling and under a lot of distress. And that aggravates health problems, and it creates problems in your relationships. So we want to look at what are some things that we can do for ourselves, what are some things that we can do for our children to help us to be able to bounce back when we face a traumatic event. And so if you think about children, you know, there are certain characteristics that you can notice uh, with children uh, that let you know that they are resilient. Uh, these kids tend to, uh, their temperament is that they're easygoing, they don't get upset easy, and they're able to control their emotions. Uh, they don't just get out of control uh, kids that are resilient uh, tend to be able to solve their problems. Oftentimes, these kids have a higher IQ. They tend to be more intelligent, but even if they aren't brilliant intelligence-wise, they have the ability to think abstractly. They have flexibility, and when they're faced with a problem, they can see different alternatives, but they are able to work through the problem and to resolve these problems in a positive way. Uh, these kids tend to be more socially competent. You know, they show empathy and care, and they are able to maintain positive relationships because they're more able to get along with other people, and they're able to monitor their own emotions as well as others. They um, are socially competent. That's another way of um, looking at that. Uh, these kids tend to be more autonomous or independent. Uh, they have a good sense of uh, who they are. Uh, they're able to act 
independently and not give in to peer pressure. Uh, they are able to maintain that control because they have a sense of self-awareness and they basically feel good about themselves, so it's difficult for their peers to pressure them into doing wrong if they have a good sense of uh, identity. Another thing is that these kids tend to have a sense of purpose in looking toward the future. Unfortunately, a lot of our young folks that are raised in environments where there's a lot of violence and negative behavior going on, they don't have a sense of purpose or a sense of the future. One of the things that was very hurtful is I used to volunteer with some fourth graders, and I did this exercise of asking them what did they want to be when they grow up, kind of looking at uh, developing career goals. And this fourth grader looked at me seriously, and he had no expectations that he would get past 18 because so many of his neighbors had been killed at a younger age. So kids that are resilient tend to have a sense of purpose, and they are able to plan for the future. Um, they have an optimistic outlook about life. They tend to be more successful um, you know, with their academic and social activities. And so these are some things that we see uh, with children that show that they have um, the signs of resilience, whereas with adults, it's pretty similar. Um, with adults, they have uh, some similar characteristics as with the children in that they are realistically optimistic about life. Um, they tend to see the, the bottle is uh, the glass is half full instead of half empty. Uh, people that are resilient um, tend to engage in goal-setting activities. Uh, they are more organized and structured in how they go about life, and they feel have a good sense of self-control. Uh, they have the belief that they can make change in their lives, and they look at stressful events as an opportunity to solve a problem. If you think about the, um, there's an um, Asian symbol that is a symbol for chaos, and the interpretation of it is that chaos is threat plus opportunity. And so a resilient adults tend to see threats as an opportunity to overcome, an opportunity to learn from their mistakes, and to grow from the things that they encounter in life. Uh, they tend to look at the bright side of things, and oftentimes um, resilient adults use their faith or their cultural history uh, to build their self-confidence self or to help them to feel good about themselves. That's their foundation to help them to see that in spite of tragedies and traumatic events that they experience, that through their faith or through their cultural identity or their heritage, they see a way of overcoming these things. Uh, they also have a sense of purpose in life uh, like the children do. Uh, they don't tend to engage in a lot of negative uh, thinking, or as I call it, stinking thinking, uh, because that tends to uh, pull them down. They are able to regulate their emotions, uh, to stay calm even when they're under pressure. Um, they're able to tolerate stressful situations and to accept that that's not the end of the world. And so as you look at um, both resilient factors with children and adults, uh, these people tend to just have a more positive outlook on life. That doesn't mean that they're so naive that they don't recognize that some situations are very difficult to overcome and very tragic, but they maintain a sense of hope and optimism even when the bottom falls out. And you see a lot of people that are experiencing tragedy in their lives, but they don't let that stop them from being able to move forward. Uh, you think about the image of the parents of Trayvon Martin. Uh, these people are on TV all the time with the cameras and microphones stuck in their face. And in spite of the tragedy that they've experienced and the recency of it, they seem to be holding themselves together. I'm sure that there are moments when they are not in front of the camera that they are able to let themselves be human and to be parents who are grieving, but 
Uh, they show a lot of the signs of resilience just from observation. But uh, we want to think about that. We'll take a little break here, and then when we come back, we'll look at what are some things that we can do to help our children to deal with these traumas and what are some things that we can do to uh, help ourselves. So we'll take a break, and we'll be back in a few. show by phone, you can speak to the host by pressing 1. Right now, that will put you in the caller's queue and allow the host to see that you want to speak. If you're listening via internet and want to call in, dial 323-784-9638 and then you press 1. Otherwise, you can dial that number and listen to the entire show. You're listening to Source. Chris was right. Talk radio, coast to coast. This is the Soul of America Radio. 
that sort of thing. And then he talks about the need for esteem, which includes both self-esteem, but he's really talking about a sense of accomplishment, to have a sense of achievement, to have confidence in yourself, uh, to be able to respect yourself and to uh, respect others, but also to be respected uh, by other people. And then he has this term that he calls self-actualization that based on his philosophy, only about 4% of the general population ever reach that level. Uh, that uh, That's something that's uh, pretty special. But in order for us to be resilient and to bounce back from the things that we experience in life, it's important for us most of the time to have these basic needs met. And according to Dr. Maslow and others that have studied human behavior, if you deprive people of their most basic needs, then it makes it almost impossible for them to achieve some of those other needs. For example, there's been uh, studies done on prisoners of war, people that were held hostage where they were deprived of sleep. And if you're deprived of sleep, then that can impact you physically, emotionally, and psychologically. So people that are resilient have experienced a life where they have had their basic needs met more consistently. They have a family environment or relationships that allow them to uh, get these needs met. I also shared last week um, there's another uh, study that's been done for children that have been removed um, from their parents and in foster care uh, children that end up in uh, juvenile delinquent centers and or juvenile detention centers, children that have mental, emotional problems or that end up in the system for treatment, a lot of uh, providers that treat adolescents and children, especially in a residential setting like in group homes or in other institutional settings, uh, use a type of treatment that's based on the philosophy of the Lakota Indian tribe from the, the Dakotas, and uh, it's called the Circle of Courage philosophy. And this philosophy stems from some of the practices of the Native Americans and how they raised their children. Um, this work was done primarily by uh, Dr. Martin Brokenleg, who is a Lakota Indian, uh, Larry Bentro, and Steve Van Barken. Uh, they wrote a book uh, called Reclaiming Youth at Risk. And the premise of the Circle of Courage is that there are basically four universal needs that all children have, and it's a sense of belonging, a sense of independence, a sense of mastery, and a sense of generosity. And one of the things that they point out is that with the Lakota Indian Nation, it's more of a clannish community where it goes back to that African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. And these children are raised in an environment where they are taught to relate as if they know everyone. And I think about growing up, there were people that were called cousin or aunt or uncle that weren't blood relatives, but you had that closeness and that sense of belonging, and that helped to build the type of relationship that you need to help you to be resilient. It's important for children to be taught to um, master certain experiences and to develop the sense of mastery helps them to become more independent. And they <clears throat> become independent uh, by being taught these skills and then uh, given the opportunity to learn and practice these skills with a certain amount of support. And the fourth one, generosity, is that um, kids should be taught to share. And a lot of schools do this through requiring their children to do uh, service projects to give back to the community. So one of the reasons that some people are more resilient than others is because they have had these experiences in their family, in their communities, and in their schools that have helped them to develop these characteristics that allow them to be more resilient. And so when we think about the children, you know, what are some of the protective factors um, that help children to be resilient adults when they grow up? 
one thing is that it's very important for them to have a close, sustained relationship with at least one caring uh, adult who's supportive. Uh, they need to be able to develop an attachment. And a lot of children that have uh, emotional problems or interpersonal problems, a lot of the children that don't do well in school, that get in trouble, they have a difficult time with attachment. And sometimes it's because the caretaker has been negligent or abusive or was just not emotionally engaged enough for them to develop that attachment. They didn't develop that sense of trust that's so important for us to uh, be able to function. So the child needs to have one close, at least one close, sustained relationship. Um, They need to have a good support system. Uh, Ideally, both parents would be involved, and even if the parents aren't married or living together, it's important for them to share the parenting responsibilities and to provide a stable, balanced relationship for that child. Children need direction. They need discipline. So it's important for the parents to be authoritative, not dominating and domineering, but to uh, balance warmth and support with setting high expectations and to maintain accountability for their children. And the child needs to know that you know when to say no and you know what the limits are and you set consistent limits with that child. You're not wishy-washy where one day you let them get away with something, the next day you beat them half to death for doing the same thing. You have to balance being authoritative with being warm and supportive and always setting high expectations for that child. It helps if it's a positive family environment. If the parents are always fussing and fighting and going on, that creates a very unstable um, environment for the child. It helps if the family um, is organized around um, having traditions, having certain things that are shared, like shared dinner times or uh, having shared responsibilities, but the family um, spends time together and they do things together as a family unit. Um, Another protective factor is that they have uh, this sense of belonging because they feel secure because the family is fairly stable. Uh, The parents need to be very involved in the child's education. Sometimes parents feel, well, that's the teacher's responsibility to teach my children. It's the preacher's responsibility to teach them spiritual things. But it's important for the parents to be involved in that child's education, both the academic education, their personal education, their spiritual education. Uh, It's very important for the parents to be involved and help them to learn the things that they need to learn. Um, It's important for them to have their basic needs met. A lot of the families that are in poverty, um, that's when you have a lot of the neglect and abuses because people aren't able to even have their most basic needs. You have a lot of people that are either unemployed or underemployed, and they can't even manage the basic needs. You have people that are essentially homeless because they're not on the streets, but they're staying from one relative to the next, but they, uh, the kids don't always have the things that they need to be successful in school, and those things uh, don't make it possible for children to have that balance in their life. Outside the family, it's important they have an extended family to have a sense of connectedness with people that are positive, to have relationships with peers that are going to follow the rules and that are going to be obedient and not getting them in trouble. And in the school environment, they need to have the resources that are going to help them to be successful. Um, It's important for them to uh, live in a safe environment. And as you see, a lot of these things are getting right back to uh, what Maslow said about our basic needs. It's no different than that. You have to have these Uh, things in order for uh, the child to develop the types of relationships and attachments to have the experiences in their life that will help them to be responsible adults and to overcome some of the things that they can 
will experience. So even though they have negative childhood experiences, if they have some of these protective factors in their life and if they have someone in their life that can help them to overcome these things, then that's what helps them to become more effective and to be more resilient as they grow up. So we want to take another quick break here, and what we'll look at when we come back is what are some things that you can do to foster resilience in the child? Uh, What are some things that you can do to develop those skills where if they do experience some of these negative childhood experiences, then what are some things that they can do to help them to overcome these experiences? And we also want to look at as adults, uh, what are some things that adults can do uh, if they aren't resilient, but what are some things they can do to help them to become uh, more resilient? So uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, during this break, call your friends. Tell them to log in to www.soloforamericaradio.com or to call in at 323-784-9638. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a few. Tell them where they can get some soulful talk radio. Right here on the Soul of America Radio. Every Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. here on the Soul of America Radio, you be sure to tune in and listen to Dr. Bo also known as Big Easy. Big Easy hosts a segment called Let's Straighten It Out, in which we work out or help you work out relationship issues, whether it's parent, child, friend, co-worker, or even the special love of your life. You can call Big Easy right here at 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638. So throw everything else you got to do on Thursday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, throw it out the window, and you tune in right here to the Soul of America Radio and listen to Big Easy.
Okay, folks, welcome back to Let's Straighten It Out. Uh, this is Dr. Bo, a.k.a. Big Easy. And our topic tonight is uh, there are no bad children, no bad kids, uh, overcoming adverse childhood experiences. If you want to get more information about this study that was done <clears throat> on adverse childhood experiences, you can go to the CDC website at www.cdc.gov slash ACE, and it has all of the information on there of this study, um, a lot of statistics and information about how it was done and the impact. Uh, right before the break, we were talking about ways to foster resiliency in children and to help them to overcome adverse childhood experiences. If you have a situation where a child has just experienced some type of a traumatic event, it's important that you look at ways to help them to cope. And a lot of this information that's being shared is coming from a document entitled Understanding Resilience in Children and Adults, Implications for Prevention and Intervention. And it was done by Dr. Donald Meichenbaum, who's from the University of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada, and also the research director for the Melissa Institute for Violence Prevention and Treatment in Miami, Florida. And after the show, I will list these websites, um, links, and some other information so you can go and follow up and get more details about uh, some of this information. But the study that was done by Dr. Meichenbaum, he provided some suggestions of things that can be done to help children cope right after they've had a traumatic experience. And one of the things that he points out that's very important is that you want to try to get back to normal as quickly as possible, get back into your routine. Uh, quite honestly, you that's not always easy because you're human, but you want to help things to be predictable, to give them a sense of uh, control and connectedness so the quicker you can get back to your regular routine, the better. Um, it's also important for you to try to help to reduce exposure to a lot of negative media. Uh, that's one of the things that I think was probably not in the best interest of the parents of Trayvon Martin because while they're trying to deal with the tragic loss of their son, then they are surrounded by the media almost 24-7 and a lot of pressure to report and respond to the media and not have time to sit back and relax. And they probably will have a delayed reaction to a lot of this because their grief process is going to be interfered or delayed because of all of the media focus. And so it's important for children to not be exposed to so much uh, negative media coverage. It's important for them to be taken care to make sure they eat and sleep properly, properly that they have a supportive environment, uh, that they get engaged in activities where they can uh, share and help other people and to uh, have parents that are open to talk about their feelings. Uh, sometimes children have a difficult time coping and talking because the parents don't know how to go about encouraging them to talk or they avoid it because they don't want to upset the child or they act as if the child doesn't understand uh, what they're going through, and even small children will have negative experiences and will be able to, at least at their level, to be able to verbalize what they're feeling. But you want to help them to feel safe and you want to help them to feel secure. Uh, you want to look at who are some people that you can involve in their life to provide that support. And it also, at this time, is important that whatever your spiritual beliefs are, that you hang on to those, that whatever family rituals that you have that are meaningful, uh, that you do that. And if the family has a particular way that they deal with uh, death and loss or deal with tragedy, um, you want to help the children to be able to get back to normal as quickly as they can. So if the child has not experience an immediate uh, trauma or threat, then there are some preventive things that parents can do, uh, some things that we can do to help our children to uh, 
develop resilience. And the most critical and important thing that you can do as a parent is to make sure that your child is not exposed to an unsafe environment, that they're not exposed to violence. And what's so prevalent today is that so many of our young kids are exposed to bullying. And so one way of helping your child to be resilient is to do the best you can as a parent to make sure that your child doesn't experience these type of traumatic events, that they're not exposed to these things that will uh, make it difficult for them. Um, It's important for parents to have good prenatal care and to take care of their medical needs when the child uh, is born. Uh, The better quality of life the child has as an infant where they get the proper nutrition um, and where they have the proper uh, stimulation to help them to develop um, mentally, emotionally, and physically, they are more likely to be able to cope as adults. Uh, You want to try your best to help them to avoid uh, abuse and neglect. Um, You want to do things to make sure that they have a good, solid early childhood education. Uh, One of the things that's helping that is the use of technology. Uh, You see so many of our young kids that are exposed to technology at an early age, and uh, they learn quicker. I've got a four-year-old grandson who... Uh, is very bright. I guess he takes that after his grandpa, but uh, no, he, uh, but he's very uh, much advanced compared to where I probably was at four. But he uh, is aware of the use of technology with his uh, iPad and the game, the key uh, Wii, and all these different games. But uh, children need to be exposed to learning at an early age and to be involved in things that are going to help them uh, to develop reading skills, to develop their vocabulary, and to uh, learn to challenge themselves and to push themselves to learn. It's important that parents provide adequate medical care for their children on an ongoing basis, uh, that they put them in a situation where they are learning for the sake of learning. Our education system sometimes doesn't foster that because you see a lot of times the kids are just trying to make a good grade whether they learn anything or not. They want to pass the test, but they might not remember anything the day after they take the test. But you want to expose your child to different activities that's going to help them to develop a desire to learn. Uh, You want to be extremely involved in your child's life and especially in their education. Um, That's how kids learn to be competent and to develop social skills and to develop interpersonal skills is for the parents to be involved with them. And it doesn't have to be anything formal. Sometimes it could be just spending time with that child and helping them to learn not only academic lessons, but to learn lessons about life, uh, how to make good decisions. And so it's important for the parents to have that role because that's how they help their child to feel confident. That's how they help their child to develop a sense of belonging, to develop a positive bond with parents. Um, We want to teach our children problem-solving skills. Um, Although technology has been uh, a big advantage to our children, in some ways, it has its downside. I think about some of the kids, even high school students, that can't tell time on your standard clocks. They're so accustomed to digital clocks that uh, they can't tell time on your regular clocks. And there are certain things that we took for granted when we were growing up that a lot of these kids aren't taught uh, certain basic skills. Uh, there are kids that... Um, 12 and 13 years old with cell phones, but they don't know their own phone number because everything's on speed dial, or they're sending text messages instead of uh, calling. So there are some good and some bad uh, with this, and we want to do the things that we can to help prepare our children to be resilient and to be able to bounce back when they experience things. And nothing is foolproof. Uh, There are going to always be some... Uh, 
uh, problems that we encounter. But I think as parents, it's important for them to assume responsibility to make sure that their children have these protective factors, that they have a solid, stable environment, that if the child has already experienced some uh, adverse uh, experiences, then that they help the child to overcome those things. And sometimes it's important for the parents to get help for themselves or to be willing to ask for help. Uh, there are some important things for parents to do. It's not an easy job, but um, some of us didn't have the best life, but somehow uh, we managed to get through okay. And so I think it's important for um parents to assume that responsibility for raising their children. And so that brings me to another question is, as adults, if you have had some adverse childhood experiences and uh, things aren't going the way that you want them to go, uh, then can you learn to be resilient? And um, <clears throat> I want to share with you a resource. Uh, there's a website uh, that's done by the American Psychological Association. And if you go to www.apahelpcenter.org or you can call the number 800-964-2000, the website has a lot of resources that you can use to help you to deal with uh, trauma. Um, <clears throat> and it talks about things that you can do uh, when there are issues of domestic violence or disasters of different types uh, helping you to look at ways to improve your coping at work and school, but that's a very helpful um, resource. And, again, I'll put this up uh, after the show, and you can go to uh, the Soul of America site and, you know, get this information. But it's www.apahelpcenter dot org or you can call eight hundred nine six four two thousand. And as adults, uh <clears throat> one way to learn to be resilient is to make sure that you have a friend but that you also are a friend. It's like I said earlier with that Abraham Maslow hierarchy, we have a need to love and to be loved. It's important for you to be responsible for your behavior to not make excuses. Uh, to take responsibility for your behavior, but to also take charge of making the changes in your life and doing the things that you um, need to do to make changes and to improve your life. It's important for you to set goals, to have a plan. Uh, if you don't reach them, at least to have a plan of how you want to uh, improve things. Um, you want to always try to look on the bright side, and that's sometimes easier said than done, especially if you've had multiple traumatic situations to uh, take place. But another point that's made here is that you got to believe in yourself. Uh, you got to be willing to uh, just take that step and to sometimes step out on faith that you're going to uh, be able to do things to help you to overcome some of the traumas in your life and to respond in a positive way even when things are not going well. Unfortunately, a lot of times when people experience traumatic situations, they tend to isolate themselves, which is probably not very helpful because you miss out on the opportunity that might be someone that you are avoiding or isolating yourself from that might be the person that will help you to overcome uh, whatever the obstacles are in your life. So as adults, I think it's important for us to be willing to ask for help. <clears throat> and that's something that's very difficult for some people is that they want to be uh, independent and self-sufficient. And that's fine to a point. But if you're in a situation where you're obviously above your head or you can't control the situation, if you have someone in your life that's willing to help, then you need to be willing to let that person help you. I think sometimes it's important for people to be willing to seek professional help. Uh, that's something that has a lot of stigma in 
pipes attached to it, but uh, nobody's perfect and nobody's able to deal with everything. So I think it's important for uh, people to reach out and to uh, get help. Sometimes it's important for you to separate yourself from the traumatic event or the source of your distress, but that's a little bit different than avoiding people. It simply means that you are being realistic about whatever it is that's causing you the trauma and that you temporarily separate yourself from it, take a mental holiday, so to speak, and to get away from it. Sometimes you can see things better when you can step outside of that traumatic situation and look for different alternatives because sometimes we can't see different alternatives because we're overwhelmed by the trauma that we're facing. And so these are some things that we need to be mindful of that uh, nobody's perfect and nobody can handle everything, but if you're not willing to ask for help, then that can be very difficult to overcome the obstacles that you face in your life. As parents, I think it's important for us to take control of protecting our children and making sure that they have the stable environment that they need to be successful. If you are parents and you can't get along with each other, then I think it's important for you to put the child first. Unfortunately, sometimes parents can be so selfish and self-centered that they're too busy trying to get their way and get what they want that they lose sight of the responsibility that we have as parents to ensure the health, safety, and welfare of our children. And if parents can't get along, then sometimes you have to be willing to uh, agree to disagree so that you don't further traumatize your child because sometimes children are double traumatized because they've already experienced a traumatic event. For example, if the parents get divorced, uh, that's a very traumatic event for the child which has long-term consequences and impact, but if the two parents are fussing and fighting and going on even after they get divorced, then that just perpetuates the distress that the child has to deal with. And sometimes we have to be mature adults and do what's in the best interest of the child, even though it might not be what we want. And you might not be able to get along with that spouse, but it's important for you to be parents because until that child becomes technically an adult, until they become 18, 21 years old, then you are going to be the parents to that child, whether you are together or not. And so as we think about some of the things we shared earlier about some of the characteristics of resiliency and the type of healthy environment that's important for the child to experience in order for them to develop some of these characteristics that they need to become resilient, I think it's important for the parents to put their own needs and their own problems aside and always do what's in the best interest of the child because ultimately the child is going to care with him or her what they experience you know, later on in life. If they were raised in an abusive, neglectful environment, if they don't have the healthy attachments, if they don't have the parental supervision and guidance, if they don't have consistent discipline, then you're really setting the child up to have problems with delinquency or other problems as they grow up. Uh, a special message to the fathers is that it's very critical that the father be involved in the child's life. And I guess that's also a special message to the mother. Uh, if you can't get along with your husband or your baby's daddy, then withholding contact from that father is not going to help the child. Uh, in most instances, it's going to have some negative long-term impact because there are certain things that a father can do that the mother can't do. And there are more single parents um, in this day than it's ever been. But fortunately, there are more single parents that are fathers. Uh, one study that I looked at not too long ago uh, showed a significant increase in the number of fathers that were single parents. And so they stepped up and they are taking care 
of their children. So I, it's important that if you have trouble getting along with each other, then you need to be responsible adults and to realize that your child needs both parents. And if they are struggling with the emotional conflicts and sometimes physical conflicts that go along between the parents, then that creates a lot of instability, uh, uncertainty, fear of that child. It teaches them negative uh, interpersonal skills. And so parents have to be responsible adults and step up to the plate and not do things that are going to be detrimental uh, to their child's health and welfare. And so it's important as parents that we uh, step up to the plate and to do that. So hopefully some of the things that have been shared with you tonight are helpful. Um, I will go back to the website after the show and uh, post the links to the CDC that has the study that was done on adverse childhood experiences. I'll put the link on there to Dr. Meckenbaum's article about resiliency in children and adults, and also will include some other uh, links for you to take a look at. So thanks for listening in tonight, and remember to tell your friends to uh, sign in uh, next week. Also sign in on Monday night within the latest room. We have some other shows, and then on um, uh, Thursdays, uh, on Tuesdays we have a show with uh, Tony. Uh, but sign in to soulofamericaradio.com and listen to all the shows. Uh, we'll be back here next week with something that hopefully will be informative for you, but uh, we'll see you next week. So this is Big Easy signing off for tonight.